Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how to go through life without grumbling. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about going through life without grumbling. And we may kind of laugh at that idea. Grumbling isn't anything too serious. Everyone seems to complain when Monday rolls around and got to go back to work or when we get stuck in traffic or when the restaurant didn't bring out the meal the way I like it. You know, grumbling is just a part of what we do. But God says it shouldn't be. He has been enduring our grumbling all throughout human history. And as Christians, he wants us to be different. The next time you're reading through Exodus, after you know God frees Israel from the Egyptians, underline every time you read the Israelites grumbling or murmuring or complaining. It's pretty often, you know, just for some examples. In Exodus 15:24, uh, the people grumbled against Moses, saying, "What are we to drink?" And then in 16:2, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And in 17:3, they grumbled against Moses. They said, "Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst?" And then, when we get to Numbers in chapter 14, we read this: that night. All the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Or our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And then in verse 26, we see this. The Lord said to Moses and to Aaron after the Israelites had done this grumbling, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites, so tell them. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who was grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb and Joshua. So God will show tremendous mercy when we grumble. He did it over and over for the Israelites. We might mock him. We might reject him. We might spit on what he has given us, and he will forgive that. But that mercy is only offered for so long. God wants to forgive. But make no mistake, if we don't accept that forgiveness, eventually his mercy won't be available. That's exactly what that generation of Israelites found out. They grumbled and they grumbled and they grumbled some more against Moses and against Aaron and by extension against God himself. And they weren't allowed into the promised land because of it. But God doesn't just want us not to grumble to him. It's not just about not grumbling when we go to the worship service or or the church to serve him. He wants us to stop grumbling altogether. You know, it may seem like a, a natural thing in our society, but God says we have to stop if we want to follow him. In everything we do, we should not grumble. Paul wrote to the Philippians 2.14, do 
all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Now, it would be easy to brush past two little words there and think, you know, I shouldn't complain about God. I shouldn't complain about his church or I shouldn't cause disputes in the church. And that's certainly included in this. But Paul goes further. Do all things without grumbling. Everything. When you wake up with a migraine, when you're criticized at work, when you get pulled over and you get that ticket, everything, do it all without grumbling. You know, the New King James Version uh, translates it as complaining and disputing. And I think that helps a little to understand here. God doesn't tell us we can't be disappointed. He doesn't tell us we can't be frustrated. Jesus was in agony on the cross. I imagine he was very frustrated in his situation. God doesn't expect us to be rocks that can't feel hurt or pain or even anger. Even in the desert, I imagine God understood that the Israelites were frustrated, but they did something that crossed the line beyond frustration. They went from being frustrated to grumbling, to complaining, to arguing, But frustration doesn't have to become that. God can sometimes frustrate our plans so we have the opportunity to build our faith in him. That's what he wanted for the Israelites. He brought them out of their lowest point in captivity. He sustained them in the desert so they could know that he would be their God and that they could be his people. But instead of putting their faith in their Redeemer, they grumbled and they paid the price. And we will too if we let our frustrations turn into grumbling instead of faith. So there is a godly way of expressing frustration. Godly frustration does not blame God. It does not accuse God. It's honest with him, but it is built on the belief that he is ultimately in control, even when we don't understand what his plan is. You know, God wants us to lay our frustrations on him, to tell him about our troubles. He wants us to do that privately, like David did when he wrote Psalm 142 in the cave in in 1 Samuel 22, we read about that. And he wants us to do it together as when the people of Israel would sing Psalm 142 together. You know, throughout the Psalms, the writers, they pour out their frustrations onto God. They pour out their sorrow and their anger and their fear and their confusion and their disappointment and their depression because of both the internal and the external storms raging in their lives. But the Psalms keep coming back to the faith that the writers had to place in God. They were frustrated, but their frustrations were channeled into faith instead of grumbling. But for many of us, grumbling seems to be our default setting. And that's not anything new. Remember what Paul wrote there to the Philippians. He said, don't grumble like this wicked and perverse generation grumbles, among whom you shine as lights in the world. He says everyone else grumbles. That is the normal setting. And it's going to feel strange for other people when we don't get on board. It's going to seem uh, peculiar. And that's exactly what God intended. He wants others to notice that his people act differently. Because ultimately, our grumbling, it's not just a sign of frustration. We've already seen that we can express frustration in other ways. But grumbling, it's not just a sign of discontentment, 
but disbelief too. It shows that we don't trust God. And others who don't even know who God is can pick up on that. If they see you, someone who claims to have the greatest news mankind has ever received, grumbling and complaining all the time, why would they want what we have? Christians were allowed to be frustrated. Something may be wrong if we aren't occasionally frustrated, but grumbling will only pull us farther away from the help we need. Let your frustrations build you up. Rely on God and put your frustrations onto his shoulders so you can weather those storms with faith. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word, and I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's YouTube or Facebook. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.